And you're listening to anything, 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 anything but things. Anything but things. Exactly. Hello, hello. I can't even sound chipper. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was not even like. <laughs> <laughs> and now because we have to lull people into complacency. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess we all know. So. Yeah. Sorry, Hi. chipper. Hi. <laughs> you have What's up? <laughs> this is anything but basic. Clearly in a somberish mood. This is Farlita. And this is Terry. <laughs> may make, Terry may not make it through this episode. But um, Terry, Terry, you sound ch- more chipper than me. <laughs> um, uh, right? Just, I don't know. I just don't even know if I have words left. So, <laughs> I mean... Uh, I think I feel like we said it when we did the last. It's been a while, um, so we're super excited to be back with everyone. Um, I hope agree. That everyone's been safe and is staying healthy. Yes. Um, you know, we said coronavirus and this pandemic was surreal, but then it just got like straight out of a sci-fi channel. I don't know. A history it was straight. Movie. It, it, it no, straight it, up out of like whoa. Yeah, it was straight out of, you know, when we did our um, coronavirus episodes and we talked about, you know, those alternative kind of universes, that's what this straight up became. Um, Yeah, it's like a totally different universe. And none of it's real and everything is crazy. And none of it's real, but all of it is very real. That's why I feel like it's Twilight, but it's like, yeah, this is true. And for some of us, it's it's been real for 400 plus years. Just some of us are just waking up to it. Um, <laughs> so. So, just discovering the realness of it. We should at least do a moment of silence for all the lives lost. This episode is all about Black Lives Matter. Okay, now that we've done our <sighs> due diligence, I guess let's get into it. You may hate us at the end of this. Or you may I, love us. I'm not sure, but um, I would silence say it's not an option, right? I mean, I think just silence is not an option. I agree. Let's just start out with how are you doing? Before we let's get let's get micro before we get macro. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like every emotion. I'm running through all the emotions in just like a continuous cycle of like anger, rage, sadness, depression, hope, joy. Those, of course, being the shortest, most leading moments and then straight back to rage, right? You know, it's like, oh, and, you know, it's like, I feel heavy and restless and also exhausted um, because I feel like being a an African-American, a Black person, whatever term you choose, um, mm. I don't even know, I don't have, I don't even know if I have the energy for the fight, but I'm being asked to come up with the answers to help others do better. And so that just makes it harder, heavier. Mm. I don't know. I just, uh, I guess I don't know. Is that the answer? 
So I just feel like I rambled for 35 seconds about every, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not on solid ground. I don't feel like I have my footing. And I don't feel like giving anybody the answers. Like it's time for y'all to figure this shit out for yourself, but also don't come back to me. Well, and it, well, that's going to be a rant for later. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I think your ramble is right on. I think that's how many Black people are feeling. It's it just, you know, <clears throat> how often every day of our lives we hold it together as best as we can. We have these feelings, but we shove them very deep down inside because we have to get up and confront a world that does not see us as human. So for a lot of people, I know for me, who are friends with me, they it must come as such a surprise because it's just like how much we swallow, how much we just mm-hmm. smile. I let go. And, and let go, not let go. I just say bury, bury so deep in the words of the late, great James Baldwin, to be Black, not even in this country, this in this world, and be remotely socially conscious is to be in rage all the time. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to switch that off and just go numb in order to get through not just the day, but life. Yeah. And so your ramble was spot on because I, I feel the exact same way. I from one end of the spectrum to the other throughout the day. And I took a break for three days from social media just to self-care mm-hmm. and to to numb myself to a bit of that range because it just, it mounts. I start off in the morning semi-calm and then I'm just like screenshotting, calling, donating. I mean, all day long. Oh no, (laughs) I mean like you legit just sit all day and call politicians and sign petitions. And it's like, you know, then it's like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I don't have time to do all the petitions. You know, I was just, yeah, it's <laughs> just, like, it's I gotta just, do my part. I gotta do my part. I gotta do my part. Yeah. And it's just like now that it's starting to die down because that's a whole nother rant, like having to make sure it's still at the front of people's minds. So that feeling of, like you said, rage, the depression, the sadness, to, you know, anger, to just, it's just everywhere. And it's for me, and I can only imagine even more so for you because, you know, I'll let you speak for yourself, so I won't go there. But just I'm having a hard time concentrating. I'm like, you're not going to give us reparations. Can you give black people the summer off? Like, I'm just like, yeah, give us the summer just, off. Just give me some land. Give me, you know, I mean, give me, like, I don't know. Yeah, like I'm like the reparations, you, you clearly don't want to give it. So can we get the summer? Like, I just am like. I, it's so much right now. And I think people don't understand that on top of COVID heavily affecting our communities, then it was Ahmad, Brianna, George, 
within a fucking week and a half. I'm sorry I swore, but I think the moment calls for it. Within a week and a half, within a week and a half, the bow breaks. I mean, it has just been like every day, something else, someone else, hanging yes. from a tree here, yes. hanging from a tree yes. there. Rashad Brooks, Tony McDade, like it's just, I mean, I, I, I feel as if the Murdered police, at a slumber party there. I, oh, mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, that I was, mean, I just, what, what? Right? Yes. And it's just like all these, it's just the piling up. But you know what? Even with all of that and how crazy it all seems, it I know that it is all it was also inevitable. Oh, absolutely. Because absolutely. the world has dealt with other atrocities, not all, but others. America has dealt with no atrocities. None. None. Native Americans or Native people. I don't even want to say Native Americans. You know, I mean, uh, they have, they have, they have not righted any of the wrongs. They continue to uh, thrive and rise and get richer and richer off of the bloody foundation that they laid and that they perpetuate now through so many systems. It's hard to even keep track of all the systems that are in place and the propaganda that is used to keep certain groups of individuals on top. Uh, It was inevitable. You can only hold your knee on a people's neck for so long. Knee, foot, elbow, entire body. Yeah. It just, I agree. And that's, those are some of the conversations I had. It's like, well, what did you expect? We have protested in every way agreeable to you, to you for centuries. We've done it peacefully for centuries. And that was never good enough. What would Martin Luther King do? He wouldn't approve of this. You killed him. We won't know what he would say. We know what he did. He showed us peacefully and you still murdered him. You don't get to use that argument. Yeah. And also, if you really follow his path, you would know that towards the end, he was like, hmm, they are just not getting it with this with the peaceful approach i mean i'm not saying he changed his mind but i'm just saying every person has a threshold so i don't think he would be loving what was happening to us right now you don't know what he might do so don't use that as an argument it's like oh there these arguments these counter arguments like i watched Michael Che Matters, right? And he used such a great um, comparison, right? To, you know, it's like Black Lives Matter that somehow is totally offensive to, to every other person. So they hit us with all lives matter. We didn't say Black Lives Matter most. We said, we just, we just trying to matter. And, you know, and then you turn around and then you have an event like 9-11 
and just never forget. You know what I mean? We always have to forget. It's like, oh, you guys still aren't over slavery. You guys still aren't over being poor. You still aren't over like having le less uh, access to education, less access to healthcare, less access access to any rights of any kind. Um, and but when it's 9-11, it's never forget. And he told a hilarious joke. He's like, I'm gonna get a t-shirt that says all buildings matter, right? Because that's that's how stupid it sounds for you to say all lives matter when we say black lives matter. Absolutely. And if all lives truly mattered, then you'd be upset about what happened to George Floyd. Exactly. And you'd be upset about Ahmaud Arbery. Then you'd be upset about Breonna Taylor about Tony McDade, about Rashad Brooks. I mean, the uh, uh, the list goes on and on if all lives truly mattered. Exactly. But they don't. But they don't. And, and we that know that. That's the whole point. <sighs> Never forget. But yet we will have military bases and Confederate statues lined up you want to preserve that history. Don't you can't take down Robert E. Lee. How dare you? That's our history. We can never forget him, but we should forget slavery. Okay. We should Hi. forget Trayvon. We should forget um, Mike yeah, Brown, I mean, like Freddie Gray, like Philando Castillo. Like the list goes on and on. I mean, low-income housing, uh, voter suppression. Still um, happening today. Equal rights. Um, how about why is there still an amendment that Black people can vote to the Constitution? Hmm. Shouldn't we have addressed that by now? Hmm. Why is there an amendment that just turns slavery into over-incarceration and policing? So how are we doing? <laughs> I know, a like, are we still on the first question? I don't even know. <laughs> a whole lot of things. You're just gonna, you're just gonna get diarrhea of the mouth on this one. That's just what's happening, because there's so many feelings going on, so many. And I think this is this is this is an opportunity to create true systemic change if we all can continue to come together those who at least believe in black lives matter so then that brings me to my question for you do you think that this is a turning point i don't know if this is the turning point but mm. it's definitely a step in the right direction okay But do you have do you, do you have hope? I don't have any hope that I can change or we can change people's opinions about black people. That is totally up to the individual. Um but I do think change is possible through systemic reform, policy reform, laws, etc. Right. But that requires a strong voting body. So I don't I don't have hope that like racism is gonna like never be yeah. a thing. I, I no. just don't I think that that's so unrealistic. 
but I do have hope that one day, hopefully, before I die, maybe, or maybe, that at least some systems are put into place to make racism be less attractive. Hmm. Okay. That's more than I got. I have a slithering of hope. Well, that's, the hope that's fair. is this so is America. faint that you could barely see it. That's that's where my hope is at. You because... know what is hopeful? The rest of the world, right? When you look at the rest mm. of the world, that is what I that that gives me because America is such a small part. It's just where we live. Um, mm, but see, I disagree with that. Just because of the fact that, yes, it, it was, it is, it is the greatest global movement. And for the long, for such a long time for the entire world to be protesting. Great. Thumbs up. Wonderful. But this is a thing, and this is something that I used to falsely believe, was that there was a utopia out there that was not in America. Oh, that I don't yes, think there is. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't believe. That. Not not a utopia, but like because America wears its racism so openly on its sleeve, and because it does have the history of slavery, as some many other countries do, for the length of time it did, and because, like I said, it it's just like hey, just slavery on a on a shirt, like just you know. Uh, uh, genocide and this so openly wears it that it meant all these some of these other countries were more progressive it just looks different um so i appreciate i think that they're more progressive but no i mean like appear more progressive appear Mm -hmm. i just think it looks it looks different I think there are things in place that allow it to appear so. There isn't the same level of um, police brutality, mainly because it helps that they have they don't have things like guns and things like that. But when you go to France, when you go to England and all these other places, oh, you hear yeah. the people. Yeah, exactly. And that's why for me, it's just like it, anti-Blackness is a worldwide pandemic, epidemic, but I think that that's always going to be oh that's always going to be right no what I what I what I hope will occur one day and like I said I don't know if this is the pivot I I don't know if this is the pivot point I I really really don't I mean I hope that this becomes like me too um but I just hope that one day we at least change the laws so that mm-hmm. you police officer, you citizen, don't feel so emboldened to just murder me. Like you at least think yeah. three times about it before you do it. Yeah, okay, that's true, that's fair. But when, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But we all need to vote. 
I can't say that enough. No, absolutely. And that means standing in lines long if we need to. I mean, as we've seen in many, uh, we, we saw Georgia. That's all that needs to be said. Kentucky, they have one voting center now for where the majority of the black community in mm-hmm. the state of Kentucky live one for about 600 plus thousand people to vote at. And is it even open during the same hours as the other? Probably not. Probably, Probably not. Probably not. Of course. Girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're and, dreaming. And the, no, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that it's the same They've been doing the same voter suppression tactics for so freaking long. Like, how in the hell are people still getting away with this? She is crazy. Like, well, well, this that, is it's just it's 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 so ingrained. I think people people are getting away with it for two reasons. One of one something new. One of which is something new that I learned. So. Uh, we all know that if you are in prison, you can't vote, right? But those bodies and numbers of people incarcerated get applied to those towns, which usually prisons are in conservative towns. So therefore allows for them to do things like redistricting Mm -hmm. and saying that they need more polling places and resources to come to their community because they have more people to support. So therefore, people in prison can't vote, but you're able to use their body mm-hmm. count numbers in order to support you getting more funding and more voting stations in your community. So and you count you them, although they get, can't vote. So do you also get more electoral votes that way? Can they use those bodies towards electoral votes? I need to research a little bit further. I don't think so, but... Yeah, actually, yes, it does. It counts with like how much the weight of a um, area, you know, how they'll be like, here's like, how the fuck do they have so many electoral votes? (laughs) Well, well, and that's what I mean by like the whether like, because we'll look at like this, we'll look at Illinois and we all know that like majority of people in Illinois live in the Chicago and greater Chicago area. So that's really why, you know, Illinois turns blue, just like with Massachusetts. If you look at Boston and the suburbs right outside of Boston, they're blue, but the rest of the state, and it looks like a a small blot of blue, but then the rest of the state is red, just like Illinois. So you're looking at it being like, how can this small blot of blue make, take up and make the entire state blue? That's because more people are living there. It, I think it does play into when you're looking then at comparison of different counties in some of these um, states. It's just like, well, their blot of red counts for more because they're counting more bodies, mm-hmm. even though those people cannot vote. So and I do I, think it know, plays I part. mean, the whole electoral system blows my mind anyway. I, yeah. I just legitimately do not understand why we don't use popular vote. I will never understand it. You, everyone can explain it to me all day, every day. I understand the electoral system. It just does not make sense why we would use that instead of exactly. popular vote. Yeah. Because you're saying you take my votes and then they sort of count, but don't. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, it's a system on top of system, right? And that's why we got to go after the, these these laws. 100%. But it's also why I think to your you know original point about vote, we need to be starting to vote locally. 
we vote for your city council person, vote, vote yeah. for your, um, you know, city mayor, for the DA, for the board of education. You have to be, we have to vote at all levels because in reality, the president not taking away anything, but the president is president only for eight years max. We'll see with this one we got. Probably try to extend it for 16, 20 years a lifetime because we all know he wants to be a dictator. Um, but the president is only president for eight years max. What happens? What controls redistricting? All those things happen at the local state levels, which is something that historically gets ignored. And people who you know, some of the people who support the president are the main ones who will vote at that local level and therefore controlling when things mm -hmm. get redistricted, controlling the, the allocation of funds within those states. We're seeing right now out in, you know, L.A., looking at the budget and the whole, you know, defund police movement, which, by the way, for those who haven't read clearly about it, it's about reallocating funds from the, the police department to pay teachers, not having schools close, build up communities, invest in housing, invest in building up communities, pay social workers more money so that, and, and mental health um, um, workers more money. Mental health facilities exactly, open, Illinois? exactly. Open mental health facilities because police should not be responding to every they single situation. Be. They should not, they they are not trained for that. Right? They're not I trained mean... for that. They aren't. And that's what defund the police is about. If you look at so many cities, more than half of their budgets go towards policing and increasing policing while you're seeing teachers having to uh, uh, protest to get paid more, while you're seeing different schools that in a community get closed down, while you're seeing, you know, redlining and, and, and um, bad housing go up or, or be, you know, held up. So mm -hmm. that's what defund the police. So looking, seeing that L, those LA numbers and seeing that 54% of the budget for the city of Los Angeles goes That's towards the police. police. 54%. $1 billion of their budget goes solely to the police. Is that is just massively off balance. Yes. The, that money could go towards rehabbing criminals who you turn into criminals when you do things like give them higher bail bonds, which everyone knows happens to black and brown people, most, most specifically black and brown men, when their bail bonds are a yeah. million dollars for petty crime and then they're sitting in prisons or you don't even fully tell them your rights, their rights. Yeah. And you don't tell their families and they don't know that sometimes their bonds are only $500. That's rare, but sometimes they are. And someone in their family could pay that or they themselves could pay that. But you don't tell them that. So then they're sitting there for years, for months, for like forever. And then you turn them into what? Criminals. And then when they get out and people try, you know, to straighten their life after you turn them into something, there's no resources to help them with that. That's right. what defund the police and all the money we put towards police and could do. And I mean, it's, it's I, I, honestly, you know, I'll say 
<sighs> I'm not a complicated bat. It's just bad. Um, oh, no. But also, they shouldn't be asked to do those things. No, right? they shouldn't. You're stretching the police force into areas and ways that they shouldn't be. Exactly. And, you know, um, it, that's not fair to them either. And no. I mean... You're walking around with a gun and then you're asking a person to, you know, be compassionate to someone who's running through the streets, maybe with no clothes on, and because they should be health. in a mental hospital, but mm-hmm. that was shut down because there was no funding. Exactly. To rehab centers for drug addictions. Like, all of a sudden, you know, now that, uh, I'm going to say, now that white kids are so hooked on opiates, people want to talk about rehab. When when crack was raping and murdering and incarcerating the black and brown communities, most specifically black community, it, th- those people went to jail. There was no talk of rehab. There was no. no talk of that. And you took away an entire generation just from that. Because crack was the Jim Crow replacement. Exactly. So it's just like, that's what defunding the police is about. Reallocation of funds. Having people who are trained and that is their line of work dealing with some of those issues. If someone is calling because, you know, you you have a family member who might commit suicide or who's having some sort of mental breakdown, the police should not be going to deal with that. A mental, a trained mental health professional should be dealing with that, not someone armed and and trained to, as we've seen, use lethal force. Yeah, and I mean that's not what they signed up for, is it? You know what I mean? Like that's not that's not in the job description. <laughs> exactly, it's not even in the job description. Like, uh, you know, you give them more money and then you stretch them, right? And they are too taxed. And when you're taxed, when you're overtaxed, then you just do. You don't even be thinking, because a lot of these situations is like, were you even? thinking um mm, yes so okay some some of them some of maybe them not like you can see for some of them i watch the officers and you know it seems like they're so skittish they're so on edge from jump you know what i mean and like you know because back in the day and, and i think this is another thing that we another thing we all need to be paying attention to your politicians should live where in the community they serve. We need to stop with this whole, you own a house in an area, therefore you can be the alderman, the XYZ of, for that district, neighborhood, etc. You don't know the people, you don't know the problems because you don't live there. And it used to be that if you were a cop, you, you served the area and the community you lived in and we don't have that anymore. So they don't even, they don't know the surroundings they don't know the people who you know this person's always on the corner you know it's like they're always on edge they're just ready to shoot because they don't know and they're scared and that's a problem right so you serve in the community you don't even know the community it's just we need to stop that we need to get back to some of the basic principles and the basic job descriptions of what these people are just supposed to do and well we do need to hold them accountable, right? Like, if you commit a crime, that means you can go to jail. Same thing for prosecutors. If you commit a crime, that means you can go to jail. This whole immunity shit is also a problem. Well, here's my thing about it, though. Did Were there ever cops 
living in the communities there was there were there were yeah it was yeah yes now how long ago has been since that but it used to be a requirement because you needed to know your neighborhood and they needed to know you okay i didn't know that i didn't think that there were because we also can't forget that the foundation on which the police system was built. They're just doing what they were set out to do. Mm -hmm. Catch black people and put them in chains. 